Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Welcome to the Work Prince Moon and Nights podcast for Moon Knight episode five today. Uh, I'm your host, Christian, and with me today are editors at the Work Print, two fresh faces. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, I guess I can start. I'm Josh. Uh, I'm kind of new to the site, and I do a lot of writing about Marvel and DC. I'm Aileen. I've been editing since January, and I concentrate on books and immersive experiences. Yeah, and, and you guys have been doing a kick-butt job so far at the work print, and I do thank you for all the stuff we contribute and uh, all, the, all the cool coverage that we've been bringing in to the site lately. We're here to just talk about uh, Moon Knight and basically the whole season, I guess, because this is the penultimate episode, right? So, like, all mm-hmm. the things that have kind of cum- uh, accumulated into uh, into this, this epic finale. Um, I guess first impressions or thoughts on uh, episode five, and then we'll, uh, there was a later half, we'll just talk about the series in the whole. I was just going to say, I'm really glad they established that after the last episode before this, that he's not just crazy and it's not just in his head, because I was a little worried they were going that direction. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, good. He's not necessarily, well, he's not insane, insane. He's just crazy. But there's a difference. Yeah, I was glad that um he kind of knew that Steve was fake and he created it to protect himself. I'm a little like surprised that he was so cognizant of it. Maybe he was just pretending to Steve that he doesn't know what's going on. And so I was, like, really glad that he was aware. So it wasn't, like, too much of a... Um, it wasn't too excessive. Totally, totally. Um, do you think... Do you both think that they've done a decent job of portraying uh, Mark slash... Um, uh, Steven. Steven, thank you. Steven with the V, uh, their, their, their mental uh, DID journey so far. I don't, well, I admit to not knowing a ton about the condition, but as far as like from a comic book standpoint, is making it make sense to someone who doesn't know anything? I think so. Uh, I'm also, I should warn everyone, I'm not a giant Moon Knight nerd, so I'm kind of new to the character like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So. I think totally a lot um, of people as someone who had a psychosis and a breakdown and saw hallucinations and stuff like that I didn't have like a um, I didn't have a, another personality but I definitely heard voices and it felt really good like Oscar, Oscar Isaac was really it's really great in his portrayal of Stephen and Mark and having clear personalities so I felt like the breakdown was believable especially the cause of the breakdown and mm-hmm. the reason for Stephen so I thought it was like very organic compared to like Fight Club, where it's just like, um, oh, it it was another guy. It was him all along, and it's just kind of like why. But this felt a lot more built in, and mm-hmm. a lot more reasonable and like understandable. Yeah, I think they. I think you hit it on the nose in terms of uh, in terms of the 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 emotional hook, the relatability in the sense that you can you can empathize with uh, this journey because. It's really tragic, but at the same time, as you mentioned, Josh, too, like, I think a majority of people really had uh, no idea uh, what to expect with Moon Knight, because it was never a big A-lister Marvel superhero, and uh, even for me, who, you know, worked in Psych for many years, 
Um, I wasn't sure how they were going to do this story. If it was going to be uh, kind of a glorification of mental illness, which is what I, my biggest fear was, or if it was going mm -hmm. to be um, sort of like a fun like journey where we were never fully kind of aware of um, the situation and what fully is happening, what's real versus not. Kind of like, uh, I think a friend of mine mentioned Shutter Island or like those types of stories where the drama is the sense that you're never fully aware what's real versus what's not. And what they did here was kind of brilliant in the sense that because it involved, you know, gods and otherworldly mythology, but still tackled on mental illness and still hit the Marvel beat in the sense that it's like fun enough and funny enough and, and friendly enough. I mean, the hippo thing was hilarious. Um, <laughs> the, there, there was like a nice balance between the three, which was really just hard to hard to pull off, um, which is why I think this this was a really dope, dope story, particularly this episode. Uh, speaking of which, let's let's tackle that hard hitting issue in this one. Um, what were your opinions or, and, uh, and really just emotional feelings about the um, the revelation as to why why uh mark created steven and why, why basically just all the truths about the, the personality that was built i mean for me it was kind of, I, I don't know if it was a shock but it kind of surprised me to learn that mark was the original personality the you know the first one and i had kind of been rooting for steven the whole time just because <laughs> he's the nerdy goofy guy and it's like you know he's the smart one he gets things done while mark kicks all sorts of ass and then finding out that Steven is just not a glorified defense mechanism, but that's kind of how he starts out, and then he becomes a genuine, like, secondary personality. I don't know. It, it was it was a really tough episode, mm -hmm. emotionally, just finding out all the underpinning circumstances that led to the need for Steven, and, and then what happens at the end, you know? Yeah, um, it was like, it was a lot. It was a lot to like deliver in one episode. I also I agree with Josh. I thought that like Mark was the alternative um personality, not the origin. So I was right. like was so thrown off. But it was like it made sense. Um, kind of like like I thought the mother was real. I thought it was like it was there and present, like how he talked to her all the time, and then like we don't hear anything about Mark's family at all. So I figured like, oh, okay. Steven's the original but then when you find out that the conversations weren't real at all and like she is a lot more horrendous and cruel than mm -hmm. than you thought and then it's just like wow this is like it makes me wonder if this is how other personality other people with personality disorders develop from their severe trauma and I think that's true I don't I don't know I've never really did the research but I, I think it's true that, like, a lot of split personalities ha happen because of severe trauma and child abuse. So this is real. Yeah, um, uh, you are, uh, from the limited experience I've had with it, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of it is childhood. A lot of it's a schism of the personas, uh, of the original person because of the need to preserve the uh, other inside of them. And that kind of creates a personality, like, divide and to the point where... They're different people that they interact and speak in different ways. I don't know. Nor, and Nor, it's funny because uh, last, I think the first podcast we did, me and Norton were going back and forth about like what that means because she also was a psych major and stuff too. I think she has a master's in it. And um and yeah, like uh, really just how how do the personalities differ and how do they not acknowledge 
that each other exists, but conveniently do for the sake of the story sometimes too. That that was the part that always threw me off about this one because in in like Fight Club for instance, Tyler Durden versus uh, I think Jack or whatever, um, they didn't really know each other existed till that midpoint, and then afterwards it became a back and forth, but in the same body. This is very much two separate entities, which is why uh, Josh, I think you were leading to the ending for this one. It hurt, because that didn't feel like mm-hmm. a persona at all, or like a separate person. And like I think one of my other friends was mentioning, like, oh, but it, you know, it's just it's sad, but it's a coping mechanism. I'm like, no, that's that's a real freaking person. That person's dead, and that, that freaking hurt. Yeah. Um, well, and the fact yeah. that Tara Red, sorry to like spoil anything for people, but the fact that Tara Red takes out the heart, but there's two different hearts, makes me, the lens screens to what you're saying, there's two different people, but just mm-hmm. one body. Hundred percent, and uh, don't worry about spoilers. This is everyone who listens at this point knows that we just hundred percent spoil everything. Because <laughs> okay. like at this point, like you you should have seen it if you're listening to this. You're listening for theories and summaries and all that stuff. Not not because like we're trying to pitch you to watch the series. Um, but yeah, did you have any thoughts, I? Sorry. Yeah, I was. That was a devastating loss because he he was so sincere and he tried his best to help, and he's always emphasis on kindness and goodwill and good heart and i'm not i guess mark is so cynical and like downbeat and like just wants to get rid of kanju but like steven is generally for the hope of humanity i mean i guess steven is also i mean mark is also like wants to save the world as well but he's like more relegated to being bad and then you get this steven who's such a sweetheart and like a good person and he just doesn't want to hurt anyone even if he's his life is in total danger and he knows it and i guess that's foolishness or naivety but it's just like when he was like frozen in the sand that really was brutal and i was like oh god he's gone what's gonna happen next i was like i don't know what's gonna happen which i love because like sometimes these shows are so formulaic that you could definitely tell or like project what's gonna happen next but the ending of that episode was like holy crap, I don't know what's going to happen. Is Steven really gone? Or, like, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Josh, do you have anything else you want to add? Or? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, something in one of your cover, your coverage in one of the episodes, Christian, you said something about another personality that may or may not be <laughs> inside the brain. So I'm wondering if that's where they're going now. Yeah, so that that is uh, uh, the one I was going to tackle next. And we'll, we'll just go into it now, why not? Um, Jake Lockley is apparently the third personality of, of Moon Knight. And um, Jake Lockley or Longley? I, I could be pronouncing it wrong. I think it might be Longley. I apologize, Die Hard, fan, die hard fans. I, uh, I'm, uh, it's it's hard to remember all the things all the time. Um, but regardless, yeah, that's supposed to be the more violent personality, and um, and the one that's sort of completely unstable. I had my buddy uh, Vin on, who who does the theme music for this podcast, and uh, we we went into a little bit about the fan theories of that, and it was interesting because this episode in particular felt like they were going to delve into a mysterious third personality. Because we know that there's hints of it everywhere, right? Like, we've seen uh, the Moon Knight character, whether it's Steven or Mark, uh, what is it, get into really violent situations that neither of them really remember what happened. So th- there's hints, like, everywhere that this is a thing, and yet we didn't see it here. And it makes yeah. me wonder, because the next week's episode is actually supposed to be shorter, uh, than, than this week so i i don't know if they're gonna have time to introduce it and wrap the story up or and this is like a dumb fan theory but i thought it'd be really funny to just pitch out there or if we've already met them 
Because if we're going with DID and, and you know, pop psychology and, and media, how do we know that, like, you know, one of the characters that we see already isn't one of them? Because it, it could very much be a Tyler Durden-type twist where it's like, ah, it was themselves all along. Uh, we just don't know it. I don't know. That's just a fan theory, though. Um, as long as it's not Ethan Hawke as another personality, I'm okay with that. That's exactly who I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really screwed up, but I guess it's possible. It'd be weird, but... It, it could. I don't know. Um, Eileen? What I mean, do you I think? love his portrayal of the character. Don't get me wrong, but there's enough people in, in uh, Mark's head right now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I was thinking about that opening scene in the first episode, the pilot, where you don't see... I think it was um, Haro putting on, like, glass... In, broken mm-hmm. glass shoes. Mm-hmm. So it, it kept me thinking, like, what if he was trying to keep present? in his body i know that country is no longer a part of him Ahmed is kind of is because he has the power she has the power and gave it to him mm-hmm. but i'm wondering if he has a split personality himself where he tries to keep present with those glass and you could hear him crunching on glass whenever he walks sometimes when it's like really quiet i knew that for the first episode i didn't catch it later on that's actually really cool yeah it's the opening scene yeah um Vinny has a fun theory, too, where um, I think he, he talked about it uh, two weeks ago. But in the scene in the museum, um, I keep getting the two confused. Steven, he approaches this uh, little girl who is just checking things out. But she, she doesn't seem to be interacting uh, with anyone. And he says something to her. And she says a phrase about referencing gods and the whatnot that's very subtle and throwaway. But um, yeah. for, for what we know, it could be hinting that she might actually be... Uh, a person, person on as well. I mean, th- to be honest, everyone could be. <laughs> um, uh, that's kind of the fun thing about Moon Knight. Um, but th- this episode in particular, though, was really, uh, was uh, heartbreaking uh, because, um, I guess, I guess I'll ask you both. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, mom and brother and that tragedy that caused all this, that really just kicked off the series that we didn't even know about till now? Oh, God. The the beginning of episode five, when they have, like, the flashbacks to the mother, like, blaming him and all the stuff that we find out later in the episode, it was just... It's hard to think any parent could become that sort of a, a monster, basically. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you lost your family member over something so capricious like that, I, I can understand that changing someone, too. I don't know. Uh, it was yeah. it was really hard to watch, honestly. Mhm. Yeah, it was definitely a lot harder to watch compared to all the massacre and gore and all that, which is mm-hmm. kind of weird. And it also makes it more painful because it's understandable, like why she would fall apart and be so abusive and horrible to her own living son when she lost Roro. And it was just like, wow, I can't. It's hard. Like the best villains are always the ones who are more understandable. Like you believe in them. And what they're doing because they believe they're being right. So it's just like it's a lot more easier and more painful um, to know that this could actually happen. Um, and it's not like not like a demon god or something making her like this, but a real tragic loss that could make someone so cruel and abusive and um, horrible to their son. And I, li- I like that you mentioned that because the-, the show did a fantastic job of that. They made the mm-hmm. mental illness separate from the God thing, which I think is contrary to the comics where 
Khonshu, like, embodying the vessel kind of fragments the mind in a way. I think that's one of the interpretations of the comics. It's hard to follow because there's, like, literally three or four different Moon Knight uh, story, uh, yeah, stories. Um, but uh, instead of doing that, it was like, no, th- this was a trauma and a human experience outside of the godly stuff. The, go- the godly stuff was just, you know, coincidental happenstance after, um, which I, th- I think is really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. It do- it yeah, does. I kind of got the impression Kanchu was taking advantage because he was already broken in a way to make him his avatar, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, was, all right, so uh, before we address the whole season, was there anything else about this episode that you guys wanted to talk about? Mm. Like anything specific mm. to this one? I have more of a, a, a question sort of thing than something specific is that sure. I'm curious why... Mark and Stephen wound up in the Egyptian afterlife, the Duat. If someone made certain that happened, if like someone's trying to help them by giving them a chance to come back to the world of the living, because I know Conscious out of the picture, but it felt like a little bit like godly intervention almost, and they have all the Egyptian gods. So, what do you guys think? Well, Uh, that's great. Um, I think that's a great theory. Maybe the one who originally, the Egyptian god who helped um steven and mark uh when she was pointing out the tomb of that guy who has the um location of vomit but i think that's a good theory and it stands because i think the hippo um was saying how there's like a number of different afterlives and not just this one so it feels like a legitimate theory and like something that could actually happen i think that would make total sense to me yeah no i 100 percent agree um I thought it was interesting. I don't, I don't, that's the thing is like, I'm at the point where it's like, I'm not sure where it's going. I'm, I'm in for the ride though. Um, so I, I think that's, that, that's kind of what makes this one very different and, and interesting as a, as a Marvel series is like, you can have the godly elements and you can have the mental health elements too. And they're somehow balancing both to the point where like, you can open the doors of possibilities for each end. And it, it seems to have not collapsed, which is, uh, a big deal because um, as somebody who knows uh, more bigger names than anybody on our site, um, like a lot of, like there was uh, the initial screeners of the first four episodes were kind of divided. Like so, some journalists loved it and other ones kind of like absolutely hated it. And Aww. I, I was very confused as to how I would take this, but I like it overall. Um, but it does delve into that balancing act of like, how much can be the comics? How much can be original? Are we glorifying mental illness? Are we not? And how much are the God-like themes and the Egyptian things? Oh, and also apparently the Jewish themes. I didn't, uh, th- that was a revelation uh, to this one as well. Yeah, the first episode, yeah. Yeah, apparently that's a big deal because, um, that, that he's like one of the few Jewish, uh, Marvel superheroes. Uh, and that's what I read. I think I superheroes, be... period. There's not that many that yeah. I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I'm glad Disney addressed it, even if they were kind of hush hush about it, you know. Hundred percent. Yeah. I have one more question for you guys. Sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to be the only season of Moon Knight, or do you think we're going to get a second season? Oh, I want them to have another season. I mean, I love these characters a lot, and I want to know where it's going next. But I don't know. I, to be honest, I think they're just going to do a movie. Oh, no, that could be. Yeah, just because in terms of money, or in terms of Oscar Isaac scheduling, it seems like a movie would make more sense. I'd be okay with that. 
think yeah. that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't actually know how they're doing the Disney Plus stuff in terms of like it makes sense to set up new characters through it and that you can space space that out. But like Disney's mm-hmm. also made so much money off of uh off the, the you know, the, the movies and you know, uh, having people see these in, in droves and make billions off, or close to billions, um, off them. So, like, this is definitely one where it's it's definitely done the marketing side of, like, getting all of our attention, getting us, like, fully in, because this, the show took, has, is getting a lot of buzz and out of nowhere. Um, so they could, they could just, just, yeah, outright do another, another movie, uh, for, for this future sequels. Uh, the only, the only th- reason I would see a show happening would be if they were going to, if like have Moonlight featured as a major Avengers type player, but I don't know the direction of that in terms of Marvel anymore either. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not even sure it would be in an Avengers team. I don't know what teams are going into now <laughs> besides X Men be at some more, point. It'd be more one of the like Defenders or some one of the odd like rogues group of heroes that are forced together. You know, mm-hmm. totally. Maybe maybe they'll redo the Defenders because. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't the biggest fan of that one personally. Uh, okay, so um, I guess let's let's just break down the whole series now, right? Uh, in terms of like any questions or thoughts or theories. Um, so as a as a show uh, from beginning to end, the the misleading direction of like this is Steven with the V and the cuteness of of how awesome he was until we realize he's not the primary. Um, do you think Moon Knight, like in your opinion? works uh from where we started and where we are at now at the end um like what works for you what doesn't i guess i let you want you go first i have to think about this yeah i i was like i was like i'm not like a big fan of gore and massacre so i'm like hesitating but i got more invested with the characters and how wholesome they can be or at least Steven is or like Mark and like the interplay between them with the mirror and like the water reflections and how they talk to each other and like I admire Oscar Isaac's acting so much like he delivered it really well at first I couldn't quite tell but then like with the different hairstyles and the accents and the like I can definitely tell which character is which by their how they hunch or they how they present themselves just walking and it's just like incredible to watch um, him and then like I really like Ethan Hawke's character Haro, but I'm like a diehard about him. Um, and but I like how he's like this mystical like um, asshole who <laughs> wasn't like a he like he seems like really good hearted at some points like he's trying to save the world but like it's at a cost and it's like he lied to all those gods because he knew he was doing wrong but it's like he kind of seems like. It kind of seems like he's doesn't believe he's doing evil at all. I don't know. Like he's doing it for the good of humanity, but he kills this old woman before she does anything wrong, and it's just like, um, I don't know what to believe about him, which I like, especially when he said at the end, um, with Kanchu when he was a statue that um, I owe my victory to you. Um, I think he definitely was broken down by Kanchu, but he thanks him for what he's positioning him in. So I don't know. I'm like, not sure how to see him, which I love. And I also the whole Dr. Haro and Haro thing, like it makes me like question is like, was that psych board real? Like, what if it was like all ma- imaginary, this whole adventure? So it made me second guess the whole reality, which I enjoy and hate at the same time. 
because I want to trust that they're trying to save the world and it's not just a broken man. Um, and Layla is like a total bitch in the psych ward. So it's <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just like, I want to believe that they're saving the world, but I don't want to believe that he's Steven and Mark are just broken people who's just trying to make a reality where they're enjoying or where they can do some good instead of like suffering the aftermath loss of their mother and their brother. It feels like oh, WandaVision. But... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I haven't watched that yet, but I've heard things. <sighs> Sorry. Um... Spoiler. No. But yeah. Hey, oh, I've seen like spoilers all around the internet. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I, I like that I don't know what's going to happen. I like that I'm invested in these characters and this world. And like the production is so great. Like the whole, the I like that shot where they, it was Haro and Layla on this wide expanse. I know it's not in real life or anything, but like it was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. And like they have really good camera angles too when presenting Stephen and Mark talking. So it's just like, it's a very, like, um, it's not formulaic at all, like you expect in like these superhero movies. So I like that there's this interest and I like that they are giving voice to like mental illness. I know it's in a superhero way, but it's just like, I like that there's more stories of these around just because I feel so isolated when I think about my own mental illness and how it's portrayed. So it's just nice to have like a full human portrayal of it like, I know it's a superhero movie and Marvel and all that, but um, but it's just, like, it felt, like, real and genuine and, like, human. And it made me feel, like, less lonely and isolated um, in terms of, like, psychosis and stuff. So just that alone is a gift. So I'm, like, very grateful um, that they created the show. Dope. Dope response. And, like, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with all that. Was there anything in particular you dislike about the show, though? And then, Josh, you can oh. answer your, your side next. I'm glad that they didn't, like, it was really gory. It was TV-14. Um, so I guess I should expect the gore. It's a Marvel show. It's a beat-em-up. Um, nothing that I can see, but I tend to love things more than I hate things. Mm-hmm. So I can't really trust my judgment. I'm just in, like, total, like, this is wonderful and amazing. Please make more. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I tend to agree that I ha- don't really have many complaints about the series so far. I think they've managed to marry a lot of really different elements together in a way that works somehow. And the whole Egyptian gods and the, I hate to say it, but the mummy vibe to have from the show, <laughs> it does work somehow in the Marvel universe, which is really cool to me. And mm-hmm. I agree with what you were saying that Ethan Hawke is amazing as much as Oscar Isaac in this role, because he genuinely believes in everything he's saying and doing and he thinks he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, on the one hand, it seems crazy, but if you think about failures of our justice system, there's a little frag- kernel of, okay, maybe I could see where he got this from, even though he's clearly the bad guy, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what else? Let's see. I, I also, I don't have any sort of knowledge or expertise in psychiatry or anything like that, but I find the human brain fascinating the way we evolve, you know, as a people. So the whole concept of dealing with split personality or dissociative identity disorder is really, I think they're doing a good job as far as, you know, from a layman's point of view. More than anything, I just really, really hope that this season next week ends differently than the first season of Loki, 
Because I loved Loki to death. Except for that ending, it's like a giant cliffhanger. It's like, oh, look, nothing was fixed. It's like, what? If they do that, if they pull a gotcha, it was all in his head the whole time with Mark, oh. I will be so angry. I cannot express to you how angry I will be. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. I would not forgive them. Yeah, that would just be, yeah, that would be bad. But, yeah, those, those are my thoughts about the season so far. Mm. Dope. Sorry. I don't know how to turn that off. I apologize. <laughs> Okay. Is it dinging on your side too? It is, right? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. The one beautiful thing about Macs and iPhones, if you have both, is they sync your text messages. The bad thing is, is you're doing something like this, and it's like ding because the messages keep popping up. Um, <laughs> I I agree with um both of your sentiments. Oscar Isaac's fantastic. Um, I can't imagine anyone else playing this role of like different personalities, and uh, I think a a big thing everyone stresses is that how horrible that accent was. Uh, but how amazing it was in the context of, well, yeah, of course it's a horrible accent because there, he's not actually, you know, from there, um, which I thought was uh, brilliant. Um, the, uh, the Ethan Hawke is fantastic through and through, uh, no complaints there. And I really like that. Well, somebody who doesn't get enough credit is Conchu. <laughs> I love the active voice actor who plays him, um, uh, Amadeus of all people, which is amazing. Uh, and, and, uh, not Amadeus, he plays Salieri in Amadeus, I apologize. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, um, uh, what else? Uh, I love the story. I love the cinematography. Uh, they, they do abuse green screens a lot in Disney, you know, Marvel superhero stuff. But the, this one, it worked great. The, the night sequences of like fast forwarding, rewind time. That was a gorgeous shot. There's just so many gorgeous shots here that were all artificially yeah. created. Because like, let's be honest, no one's going to go into the pyramids of Giza and Egypt. And if they did, then it does definitely does not look like that on the inside. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> What else? What else? Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the show because, yeah, as, as I mentioned, it presents a little bit of everything and it makes you off on your toes enough. Um, the one thing that I dislike and it ties it right into what you're talking about, Josh, is that Marvel has a history of making these really compelling shows and the, the landing doesn't always stick for me. And, and um, yeah, so like uh, I loved WandaVision. That last episode felt a little out of place, just a little bit, because it's like we talked so much about trauma. And then that last episode was like, well, superhero fight. And, um, I personally just felt that it was like it didn't mind it. But, you know, I, I was getting really hooked into having something different from the MCU formula of final hero battle at the end. So like if we have something similar to the, in this one, or it's just going to be some fist fight and things get resolved because, you know, superhero beat down logic. I'm going to be a little disappointed. Um, I, I just mostly want to see them come together. More than anything, I want to see Steven alive. I'm going to be very angry yeah. if he's yeah. officially dead dead. And, like, it's like, well, no, Mark is, you know, he's done with his, uh, he's, he's come together as a person. He doesn't need him anymore. I'm going to be kind of heartbroken um, if that yeah. happens, but we'll see. Um, and that, that's that's actually my only real qualm is I, I, I just... I, I do see a pattern of Disney's TV shows not uh, always ending on beats that I super enjoy. Loki, as you mentioned, um, love I love that show quite a bit. Happy they're getting more seasons, and I, I really love the team because um, I think the showrunner also worked on Rick and Morty, which is another show that I love. Um, but the uh, the whole you know to be continued ending that kind of just leads into more multiverse type madness uh, theories. Mm -hmm. um, that that was sort of upsetting, and I know it ties all into the great uh, multiverse of madness movie coming in, literally in, in a week. Wow, um, uh, but yeah, I, I just I just do wish that the, the shows would stick a little bit in terms of the landing. That said, I did like um, 
what is it? Uh, not Elseworlds. What, what do they call it? What if? What if? I, I liked what if oh, and yeah. how that wrapped. And I liked um, for the most part. I actually liked uh, the ending of Falcon and Winter Soldier. The they're they're ending the most of the of the shows, which is weird because it's not like on the highest of the lists for uh in t- like in, in my rank in total of, as an overall series. Um, that, that's kind of it. Like uh, lo- love Moonlight. Just just wondering how things wrap, and that's that's really my only fear. That and uh, I will say this that there is a pattern now too where um, uh, you know, WandaVision had a very similar approach to how they approached uh their ending of their season, where like their penultimate episode was like hit you really hard in the heartstrings with all the revelations there, and they're doing the same thing here. And I don't think it's a coincidence because like I think that one was also sent for the Emmys, and it would really surprise me. If this episode we just watched isn't the one that they uh, they send for Emmy nominations for when they do the uh, the awards, which is I think a year from now, but um, but yeah, it's it seems like Disney has a, a nice Disney Plus TV show formula going on here too. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, I guess so. Uh, one last thing because this is itching me. Do do you think um, Arthur Harrow? Uh, you think he's really morally in the wrong here, I guess? I mean, he is in the sense that you're killing people before they commit the act. But is he really, like, your typical evil guy? Because I, I think they've done a good enough job where, um, he just he just feels like he's a, he's a slave to fate, if anything, more than an intentional evil, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. That's how I see him, at least. I don't, I don't think he's trying to do wrong, but I think that the actions, the course he set himself on will irrevocably end in free will being destroyed, which I have to see as an evil. So, yeah. to that extent, he's definitely a villain. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree with Josh. I don't, I don't think he thinks his actions are evil because it's for the good of humanity overall, and he doesn't mind getting rid of people who won't serve that vision. Um, but it's just like at a high cost. That he, I don't think he sees these people as real or human. It's just like, oh, the will of um, Amit, um, this is fine. And I don't know if he sees, like, he doesn't see the human cost of, like, the families who are left or, like, it just doesn't matter as long as it serves the ending of what he aims for. Um, so that in itself is evil, just because, uh, I don't know. And then, like, yeah, I just... Um, I don't think he sees himself as evil. I just think he's trying to do what's best for humanity, no matter who gets in his way, which is mm-hmm. evil. But yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I I just I just have mixed feelings. I'm like, man, like I I definitely bad, but it's like part mm-hmm. of the part of the system, unfortunately. Of the because when you start throwing gods in there and how the system works, which I guess is why they're irrelevant, quote unquote, now because everyone's kind of like free will and let humans decide their own fate, that kind of thing. But when you see like mm-hmm. the order in it of like needing to, uh, unfortunately, stop horrible things from happening and and the whatnot, it's I don't know. That's kind of why they're myths, right? Because they it works better in a fictional world than it does in real life. But when you make myths real, like we do in Marvel with like Thor and all these gods and the Eternals and all these stories, it's like how do you fit that into the real world? And the only reason I ask that question is because I think about current times and I'm like, man, for a bunch of humans who have all the free will to make things better, we seem to make it work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Not saying it'd be better if, like, some system decided it for us, but, like, 
man. Um, on that note, um, I do want to say one more thing because I completely uh-huh. forgot. What were your thoughts on Layla? And I feel like a dick for only remembering it at the end. Um, <laughs> I make uh, real, real quick for me. Amazing, love her to death. Uh, super supportive. Don't know how she got into a freaking relationship with Mark of all people. Um, one, uh, and that, that's kind of it. She she just kicks butt. I like her. That's all. What are your thoughts? I think she's pretty. I think she's pretty badass, and I, I think she, even though Mark probably does not deserve someone like that, I think mm-hmm. they make a good match because they're both basically action heroes. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than anything, I think it's interesting, and I'm going to come back to this later. I think it's interesting that Kanchu is like tapped her to be Mark's replacement if something happens to him. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder if I think that's justified. Just she held her own in the tomb. She took out the Hecka priest like they were nothing. And I wonder if that's going to go in a different direction in the finale. And I'll talk about that before we close. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I love Layla. I love the actress. I felt her pain when she real was talking to Haro and she was crying. It felt real and like how she dealt with Mark and Steven. Um, and their interactions and, and she's like really smart and clever and like such a superhero uh in her own way i'm just like wondering what does why why her i mean i guess it makes for kanju uh why choose her as the next avatar i'm just wondering if he was just saying that so that um mark can be his avatar forever um just to like blackmail him so she, it was just a lie that kanju was saying because i feel like kanju manipulates a lot Mm-hmm. But I could see why she would cho- he would choose Layla as the next avatar because of a she knows actual Egyptian archaeology stuff would be would be helpful, and she is like very independent and strong and like strong willed and fierce and will do anything for humanity, which is what Kanchu is all about, um, with delivering justice. But I'm like wondering, is Kanchu lying? Like, I mean, I could go it could go either way, but I do love Layla's betrayal and um. She's, um, I like that she's curly haired because <laughs> I don't <laughs> like heroines with curly hair. It's usually straight or slightly wavy, you know, like beach waves or something. So it's like nice betrayal, and she's actually Egyptian. I don't. Well, I feel like the character, the actress, is Egyptian. Um, I so think she is. Yeah. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I just like that it's a a lot more diverse than like white girl. So it's, mm-hmm. it's good. Totally agree. Um. And that's, I think that's kind of it. Uh, final, I guess, final thoughts or words you want to say about the series? So I don't have anything other than, okay, I have something real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I always like to try and, like, game out where a show is going before it gets to the end. Okay. I always do this mental exercise. And I try, sometimes, you know, like 50% of the time, maybe less, I get the actual answer ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're setting us up for Layla becoming Amit's avatar. Ooh. Again, that's, that's that's supposing that it's not all a dream, it's not all in Mark's head, which I hope is what is happening. But if that's the case, mm-hmm. I noticed, too, when um, Harrow was having that conversation with her over the giant pit, there was some weird thing he said to her, and it's like she didn't know what he was saying, she didn't quite respond to it. And it's almost like he was... Signal, signaling her out for something. I don't know what, if I'm right, but I thought it'd be really cool. Mm. Totally. Yeah. I, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, you go ahead. <clears throat> um, no, totally. I I think that'd be amazing, and it makes perfect sense as for the reasons that you know we all just talked about. Um, 
fits better. Uh, I think a better avatar for Justice, in, or it could be a better fit, because already does all the things in terms of kicks butt and knows all this Egyptian, you know, archaeology stuff. And yeah, like, it it, it, it makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm all for that uh, fan theory. Although I do wonder what happens to, you know, um, Mark, if that's the case. Right. Yeah, I really like that possibility. I don't want that for her because she's already been through so much trauma and pain and I wouldn't know if she would accept it fully, but I feel like she would be, maybe she could be persuaded. I mean, Haro's very persuaded, persuasive, so maybe Amit's even more of a manipulator than Kanju himself, even though we haven't seen her yet. Um, but I'm also wondering, how did Haro get rid of Kanju in the first place? And how did he get into Amit? Amit's will? Yeah. See, so, I feel like there's there needs to be a, a, an episode just to ex- to kind of go over Harrow's genesis. But, yeah, I agree. I'm really curious about all of that history. I bet you that's going to be the opening sequence to the last episode, is literally that. Yeah. yeah. That would be fine. That'd be cool. Right. That would be one. So, like, hypothetically speaking, right, um, they, they, um, they do this. They, they, um, we see the ending resolve um, in terms of trying to get the world, quote-unquote, back to normal. What the hell is even the normal? Because we've only seen this entire story from, you know, Stephen slash Mark's uh, perspective. And more importantly, what happens with the gods is what I wonder. How do they rebalance that out without, you know, them having beef with each other? (laughs) Yeah, a lot will depend on whether or not Amit's actually woken up and given a new body or not, you know? Yeah. Um I'm wondering if this is actually Amit's will. Like, what if Haro has his own agenda and he's just using Amit for it? That could be. Yeah. Could be. It could be also a redemption story where, because of that, maybe Taro has a last second, uh, I don't want to do this anymore type thing, and that's how they stop, you know, mm-hmm. Amit. Who, who knows? I can totally see that happening in a Disney Marvel show, though. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, just, just throwing it out there, why does Disney hate parents every time? It's just parent issues and messed up parent drama. It's like that's the main thing for every <laughs> every Disney show and and you know superhero formula out there. Oh, the dad seems nice, like genuinely cares. Yeah, I don't order, but yeah. Yeah, but the the mom and like yeah, that oh. was that was rough. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, I guess we'll only find out when we tune in next week. Uh, you guys have anywhere that our audience can find you or anything you want to promote or talk about? And we're just going to sign off. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at least for the time being, <laughs> at, at Spear of Destiny with a three. And I also write for the Workprint and Hayford Player. Uh, you could find me on Instagram and Twitter at Words I Held. And um, I have a website, EileenRamos.com, that I need to overhaul. Um, but yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, no thanks for thanks for being here, both of you. And uh, for me, you know, uh, Christian, you can find me at the Workprint and uh, Xen underscore Angelus on Twitter, uh, Xen underscore Angelus on Instagram. I want to say I don't remember anymore. And <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of it. Just if you follow my Twitter, that's where the majority of my stuff is. And just like Josh said, I have no idea what's gonna happen with that. Thanks, yeah. Mister uh, Mister. Let's go to. 
thanks budget iron man there you go to tie it into <laughs> yeah. tie it That's into more yeah. yeah all right everyone uh yeah we, we got one more and for this last episode i'm bringing the oog uh crew back which is funny because i think rob called it the og crew and me and norton and him did it but like this is the original old crew of just Bilal, myself and nicole the three oldest longest running work printers Woo! um and we'll we'll talk about everything regarding the finale our thoughts and i guess just the work print and stuff because i don't I don't know. We we haven't done one with the three of us in like a year and a half, I think. So this will be fun. Um, okay, and that's it. Uh, tune in to Moon Knight. Uh, Disney Marvel, please sponsor us at some point. I'm kidding. Don't have to actually do that. Um, be great, though, if you did send money. Uh, all right, and that's all. All right, everyone, take care. All right, bye.